We are not sitting on our laurels. We're not in an ivory tower. We, you know, we're more and more connected with what's happening in, you know, the front line. And we will do our utmost to do the very best we can to make it easier for everybody in the NHS to do the best they can. We set out a vision that said we have to be exceptional at doing the procurement activity. We need to be incredibly efficient in delivering supply chain management and the delivery side. We need to utilise data and enhance it to make outstanding decisions. And we need to become much easier to work with to support the breadth of healthcare. The single goal, which is delivering the best that we can for our patients, recognising we're going to have bumps on the road, we've got different perspectives, we're looking at it from different angles here, but stick together, focus on the right things, we'll, we'll get through it. Well, hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of NHS Supply Chain Podcast and a special welcome to our guests today, Heather Tierney-Moore, Andrew New and Sir Jim Mackey. It's great to have you all here. Hello to you all. Can I ask each of you to introduce yourselves, please? So, how do you do? I'm Heather Tierney-Moore. I have the great privilege of chairing the Supply Chain Board uh, and have spent my whole career uh, in the NHS. Started as a clinician, ended up as a chief executive, but uh, four years ago decided I needed some sleep. So I now have a portfolio career. <laughs> thank you, Heather. Andrew, can we come to you next? Of course, thank you very much. So Andrew New, I'm the chief executive of the NHS supply chain. I've been with the organisation just come up to two years um, and I have the fantastic privilege of going to work for Heather uh, and work with people like Sir Jim across the NHS. Thank you, Andrew and Sir Jim. Yeah, hi, I'm Jim Mackey. I'm Chief Executive of Northumbria Healthcare, National Director for Elective Recovery, and in this context, Chair of the uh, Supply Chain Customer Board. Thank you so much to you all for being part of this discussion today, where we're going to be looking ahead to the coming year and how the NHS supply chain is working with and supporting the NHS in the future. So to kick off, can I turn to you, Sir Jim, in what has been another extremely challenging year for the health service and as somebody who's firmly embedded within the NHS, can you offer us your reflections on both where we are now and how you see the priorities for the coming year? Yeah, so that's a really good question. It has been a really tricky year, couple of years, well, a few years with COVID and stuff, but the last year or so with supply shocks, increases, you know, issues because of what's going on in the Ukraine and um, and, broad, and more broadly, just the world trying to recover from what happened in, in 2020. And that's had a consequence in healthcare supply uh, generally. And, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, about that, not just here, but across the across the world. And I think, you know, I think the team, supply chain team and supplies and procurement colleagues out in the service all together to stay on the same page, work together, understand what's coming, um, anticipate issues where they come and then deal with them together. And a bit of frustration about how hard those things are to predict, but some of them are by definition naturally very difficult to predict. So I think the key is, because there isn't an easy and quick way out of this, the key is how we all work together, using the data together and our intelligence, uh, planning ahead, anticipating issues and finding solutions together rather than feeling like it's a, someone's dropped a ball or it's somebody else's fault, you know, that kind of thing, and shoving stuff back and forward. And I think that's largely worked. It's clearly been pointed attention but you know i think generally it's worked pretty well and then also we we're in a an environment where money's really tight it's a lot tighter than people thought it would be last year at this point probably certainly two years ago 
Uh, every healthcare organisation in England has huge cost reductions to deliver. So as, as well as the things that we all got energised for during COVID around uh, value and anchor institutions and local supply chain and all those things, we want to hang on to those things. But actually value for money and price is still a big thing. And, and I think we've got a bigger job in this next year or so about just trying to reconcile all of those issues. Thank you, Sir Jim. Great to get those insights and obviously some very clear priorities, which leads us on to think about the role of NHS supply chain here. But before we focus in on how they can support those priorities, Heather, can I come to you? For anyone not familiar with NHS supply chain, can you explain a little bit about who they are and what they do? Yes, so so we are a national organisation, predominantly focused on the NHS in England and, and Wales, and although we do support the NHS and other organisations across the, the four countries of the UK. We are responsible for sourcing, buying and delivering goods and equipment to the NHS in support of excellent patient care. So the kinds of stuff that we deal with is pretty much anything from kind of big capital equipment like an MRI scanner or something like that, uh, through uh, complex medical devices, so things that you know would potentially be implanted in somebody in orthopaedics or in cardiac surgery, then through to the consumables that are used like dressings, sutures, those sorts of things, even through to food and office equipment. So pretty much anything that a clinician or anybody might need to use to deliver good patient care. Uh, but but not drugs. So we, the pharmaceutical bit is not our responsibility. As I said, we, we supply across the NHS. And to just give you a bit of a sense, so we probably deal with about 8 million orders a year. We And out of that, there will be multiple orders within that. So probably something like 35 million different items delivered over a 12-month period. And we deal with nearly 1,000 suppliers. And, and our job is really to try and make sure that we are able to get the very best products that are delivering the best value um, and that really meet clinical need um, and are consistently there because one of the things that, um, that Jim was referring to has been some of the challenges around resilience uh, of supply chain. So, so our job is really on behalf of and as part of the NHS to get the very best quality value and innovation we can to support all of our NHS colleagues. Thank you, Heather. Huge operation. And yeah, like you said, not one without many challenges, I'm sure. It was actually great to hear on our last episode more about extensive clinical expertise within the organisation playing such a pivotal role. So building on that, Andrew, and recognising the priorities that Jim has already identified for the NHS, what can we expect in the NHS from NHS supply chain in 2023-24? And how will the NHS benefit from what they can provide? So we're going into year two of our plan, and this is all about continuity and continuation of the work that we started last year. We set out a vision that said we have to be exceptional at doing the procurement activity. We need to be incredibly efficient in delivering supply chain management and the delivery side. We need to utilise data and enhance it to make outstanding decisions. And we need to become much easier to work with to support the breadth of healthcare. 
And those principles continue to stand as part of our plans for this year, and they'll continue to stand in the years ahead. But there are a number of big things that are going to happen in the short term that we're very pleased about and that form the majority of our business plan um, going forward. So we've got the first part about enhancing those core capabilities, that ability to do uh, procurement with absolute excellence. So we're training, developing our people, we're changing our operating model, we're bringing our procurement teams together to work in a more consistent way. So if you're working in a trust or an integrated care system, it will feel uh, more as a simple relationship where you get consistency in the response and the services that we offer into the system. On the supply chain side, building greater resilience by opening new facilities uh, in the Northwest and deploying new technology that allow us to deliver different services uh, and support physically in the supply chain in different ways for the end of this year uh, and thereafter. So some real big changes in those areas. But we recognize we've also got to be much easier to work with. And we recognize that historic investment in technology and ways of working I mean that there have been challenges and there's been reasons why it's not been possible or easy enough for trust and integrated care systems to work with us as the expert partner in the system across all those medical devices, consumables, diagnostics, uh, and the non-food uh, equipment that we supply. So we're focused on new technology to manage the catalog, the order management process, to make it much easier uh, for colleagues across the system to have an understanding about product availability and to share data in a far more insightful way. We also want to do the same working with the suppliers. And Heather's mentioned we've got over a thousand suppliers that we work with on a daily basis. And we recognize we've got to make it easier for them. We've got to make sure the NHS supply chain is the easiest way into the NHS, that you can truly work with us as a national body. And however big or small you are, you can support the breadth of the system, irrespective of where it operates. So we need to be that key gateway. And that gateway is really important too for product innovation. And that's the last area that I really want to drive you over the next 12 months. We recognize that actually to achieve a net neutrality, a carbon zero view of uh, the, the healthcare system in 2040, we're gonna have to change how care works. And actually we're, we're the access point for suppliers to bring innovation into the system. For them to explain to our category teams and our clinicians how they think care can be delivered differently and how we can absorb that information, translate into something that's useful for the NHS England team and for the trust and ICSs and talk about those new innovative products, different way of delivering care, because fundamentally we won't achieve all of our aspirations, cost, environment, and all the others, purely by buying the things we buy today for less money. We can only really do it by buying the right things with the best patient outcomes to drive the best efficiency and effectiveness of the healthcare service. And we recognize we've got a massive role to play there too. So we'll also focus on product innovation in the things we do. Thank you, Andrew. Some real clear ambitions and, and commitments there. I just want to touch now on the national and regional advisory forums that you have in place. So, Jim, you've been the chair of the NHS Supply Chain National Advisory Board for over two years now. Can you describe how you see the role of the advisory board here and how this collaboration will help deliver for the NHS? Yeah, so I think that we've been through a couple of iterations on this uh, while I've been in the role. And um the a lot of the last year or so has been about trying to um, join up the conversation, the local conversation and the national conversation, and try and bridge the gaps that you know what we've, a few of us have mentioned so far, and make sure there's a there's a joined up discussion about understanding what the issues are, that that's being heard appropriately nationally, and that colleagues in the service feel like we're all working together to address their issues. And also in all that, just try and bridge some of the um, very 
awkward things about if you specific supply line locally and it could look quite small nationally it can still be really material to what you do and how you function locally and also as um heather and andrew have mentioned the nhs is huge it's absolutely huge so the the kind of scale of the contracting and the procurement activity and the focus on value etc nationally is is really really big and just trying to make those things join up as best they can and, and occasionally you've got to get involved in when, when there's been sort of raised spirits people have uh, there's been heated uh, discussions about something's gone wrong there's been a disruption could it have been predicted have we responded appropriately um i think supply chain colleagues have been thoroughly professional uh, open to discussion open to criticism uh, very willing to you know lean into the issues and i think most people in the nhs can recognize that and that we're all working in a tricky, a tricky environment. So I think in in short, I don't want any of us to go deaf to these issues. So if we just start imagining everything's fine, we're in big trouble. Um, we shouldn't also assume that we can solve every problem because we're not going to be able to. There's broader, broader issues at play here. It's absolutely about how the conversation happens, how we share intelligence, uh, make sure nobody drops the ball, nobody gets caught short where it was avoidable and um, you know staying on the same team absolutely and heather with the addition of the clinical advisory forum last year what opportunities does this present just to add to what sir jim was saying there yeah so i'm I'm really pleased that we've established that and i'm personally chairing it at the moment so i feel really connected to the clinical agenda thank you to everybody who's been part of that because it's really um really developing momentum I think the reason that it's so important is it's it's really important that clinicians have trust in the products that we are providing and that they understand. And, you know, the last podcast was part of, of that was to kind of explain how much clinical involvement we have. Um, but I, I equally understand that that kind of professional accountability responsibility um, of, of that of getting proper assurance. So. That group are helping us make sure that our, our own governance and assurance processes are clinically appropriate. They are helping us with looking at issues such as resilience and thinking about what, what do we need to consider um, in the event that there are shortages and, and how do we manage that. Advising us on how well we can communicate because, you know, clinicians need to kind of have trust in us, but they don't need to know everything about our the detail of our, our functioning and how do we get that right so that people have that awareness of us. And I think um, in time, there is an appetite for, within that group to look at where they can add value in terms of potential standardization and supporting us with our whole approach to, to inventory and making recommendations. But we need to think about that very carefully um, because it's that balance between uh, resilience, effectiveness, value, and and clinical freedoms, and, and we need to get that right. But um, I think that that group is is going to go from strength to strength, and will be now is now feeding into the national forum, making sure that that clinical voice is heard. Thank you, Heather. Can I stay with you on this? And you've perhaps we'll just be adding to what you've just said in answer to this next question but as a clinician by background yourself with extensive experience within the NHS is there anything else that you would like to say to your clinical colleagues about the coming year? So I I think first of all 
is you know they're all doing an amazing job and i you know i take my hat off to everybody who works clinically in the nhs it is it's a tough place to be at the moment but i know how committed everybody is to delivering excellence in, in patient care i guess what i would say is that we're we're on the same side we are equally trying to help you with that and looking at all of the opportunities to make their lives easier so I genuinely believe they can trust us, that we do make good clinical decisions. We have embedded clinical views throughout our operation um, and we are still listening. So, you know, if people have concerns, if they're aware of issues with products in particular, it's really important that those are flagged up to us because you know, we need to be very responsive too. Um, and sometimes it, it, it's actually as things are being used in practice that we understand where they may not be as good as they, they could be. And if we get that feedback, we can do something about it. But if nobody tells us, we won't necessarily know. Yes, of course, you need to know. And you're clearly strengthening the accessibility and effectiveness of those communication channels to have that team approach, which leads to the resolutions. Thank you, Heather. That's really reassuring, I'm sure, for all those clinicians working within the NHS. We've heard some really interesting points from all of you today, giving us a real flavour of the direction of travel in the coming months. Before we bring our discussions to a close, I just want to come to each of you, maybe starting with Andrew, just to see if there's anything further you would like to add. Any reflections between you today on the discussions that we've had? Andrew. Thank you. So I think it's really important that we recognise the breadth of different pressures there are on the health service today and how we need to ensure that we're focused across traditional areas of cost savings and ensuring that money can be spent on the front line, but also strengthening capabilities to focus on what we're going to need in future years and those environmental challenges or those innovation challenges. It's about making sure the balance is right. I'm really keen for colleagues across the system to understand, actually, we're, we're committed to this, not just in the short term, but in the long term. And we recognise that with all the work we have to do, it's going to be hard, but the opportunities are huge to work together. And that's an amazing outcome that we can achieve. So, Jim, have you got anything you'd like to add? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd agree with all that. I think Andrew summed it really nicely. It is about how we all just really stay focused on the single goal, which is delivering the best that we can for our patients, recognising we're going to have bumps in the road. We've got different perspectives. We're looking at it from different angles here. But stick together, focus on the right things. We'll, we'll get through it. Heather? Anything you'd so, like to add? Yeah, I think um, I think we are um, we're an organisation that recognises our our opportunities, uh, and we have a very ambitious, you know, strategic plan and operational plans to deliver that. But we're also very honest about where we need to improve, and that's why we have an ambitious improvement plan ahead of us. So. We are not sitting on our laurels. We're not in an ivory tower. We, you know, we're more and more connected with what's happening in the front line. Um, and we will do our utmost to do the very best we can to make it easier for everybody in the NHS to do the best they can. But, but as other colleagues have said, we are, we are a team in this. We are all working to the same end. Um, and, and we need people to work with us um, to, to achieve what we all need to do. 
Absolutely. Well, it has been of great value to hear from you all today. And I'd like to give a huge thank you to Sir Jim and Joanne Heather for not only your time, but your compassion throughout our discussions today. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. And if anybody would like to find out more about NHS Supply Chain, then please do visit the website www.supplychain.nhs.uk or feel free to contact us on voice of the customer at supplychain.nhs.uk and all those contact details can be found in the show notes. 